If you have your Bibles this morning, we are back in the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter number 6. Uh, this will be the last week that you hear me say chapter 6, because next week we'll start chapter 7. But I hope it's been encouraging to you, and I hope it's been, uh, especially this chapter, as we have walked through this very important message that Jesus has given uh, to us. It, and Matthew calls it the Sermon on the Mount. And as we have studied this and looked at this, we have recognized that what Jesus is giving us here is really the plan, if that's the right word, or the layout for what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. So if you were to ask the question, as we've asked through this, what, you know, if, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you've been saved, but, but now what? What happens? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? This sermon, Jesus puts it all together for us to show us how we are to be a follower of Jesus. Or if, to, if you were to use the term that, that we use here in our church, what does it mean to be a grace point? It's all what this is talking about and what Jesus is giving and so we come to the conclusion of this message here today, and Jesus is bringing us to a very important point here, um, and it really sums up this entire message. But in order for us to get there, let's, let's remember where we have been. Jesus started off this message with the Beatitudes. He gave us four pros and four cons and really laid out for us that if you are a follower of Jesus, your heart attitude should include these four things. That you are going to trust God in all areas. That you're going to desire the spiritual things of God in your life. That you're going to be heartbroken over sin in your life and sin in others' lives. And that as you live for the Lord, you will endure hatred for God's sake. Because when the world sees us living for the Lord, they, they, it's not positive. And that's the heart attitude. Now listen, we have to work in all of these areas. They don't just come, but this is what is implanted in us. This, this heart attitude is given to us the second that we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And this should be our desire as we walk and we continue to come back to this and continually trust God, uh, desire the spiritual things, be heartbroken over sin, and endure hardship uh, as we serve the Lord. And then Jesus moved on and said that our core value, what we value the most is this godly love that is impartial to all, sacrificial to all, and completely uncompromising. That we value this love, that we don't look at people uh, in any other way other than the fact that they are sinners in need of the grace of Jesus, just as we are sinners in need of the grace of Jesus. That we will do everything in our power to show that love of, of grace to them. And then as a result of us having this heart attitude and this godly love, three results will take place. And the first one we saw was that we should have merciful discernment. That, that we as followers of Jesus are called to make judgments, that we are called to judge, it's discernment, to judge what is right or wrong, what someone does, whether it's right or wrong, according to the word of God, but we are to respond to them in grace and mercy, and if they've wronged us, to, with forgiveness as well. And then last week we looked at the fact that we as followers of Jesus are to bear fruit, that we are to pour, what should pour out of us is the fruit of the Spirit, and uh, because we are followers of Jesus, all of these things should happen because we are a follower. Now, we're not perfect in these, as I've already said, but these are the things that are a part of our lives and we will have as a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. And then Jesus concludes today with uh, this area that really is, it's kind of interesting because he kind of ends with the foundation 
literally. We're going to talk about that. It ends with this foundation saying that, that this, what he gives us here, this result that he, he gives us here really ties all the way back into the beginning and builds uh, as we go along. And we'll see that um, as we go. And what he's really tying into is the successfulness of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this question. How many of you like to be successful? I've never known anyone in my life to say, I want to be a failure in everything that I do. Now, I have met some people that have achieved that, but they've not said that, right? And the reality is that we all desire to be successful. But let me ask you this question. Have you ever had a, ser- a situation, a scenario similar to this happen in your life? The truth of the matter is, is that Every single one of us have areas of expertise in our lives. There are things in our lives that, that we can do better than others can do and, and vice versa within our lives. And we'd call those areas of expertise. And so um, uh, I was thinking, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the area of, of mechanics because I'm not an expert in mechanics uh, whatsoever or fixing cars and stuff like that. But let me give you this scenario Let's say you were hanging out with a bunch of people and your friend says, I have a problem with my car that needs to be fixed and I don't know how to fix it. And, and you say, well, I know how to fix it because I've actually had this exact same problem with, with my car and this is how I, I know to fix it. And I fixed it on my car and it works out perfect. And actually, it was a lot cheaper than what I thought it was going to be the way that I did it. So let me tell you how to fix this on your car. And you share with your friend, it's, it's real simple, three simple steps. You do one, two, and three, uh, and, and when you do these things, this is what's going to happen, and it's going to repair it, and it's going to be a, no problem whatsoever. Get it all done uh, in a real short matter of time. It'll be cheaper than what you had thought. And your friend's like, great, thank you so much for giving me that information. And then a week later, you, f- you see your friend, and you come back, and you go, well, how do things work out with your car? Oh, my goodness, it's a mess. Why? Well, you find out they didn't listen to anything you said to them. They, they didn't do step one. They didn't do step three, two. They didn't, do step, they didn't even do it out of order. They didn't do anything. And what they did made it a bigger mess than what it has been before. It's going to co- take three times the, the amount to fix it. It's going to cost you ten thousands of more money and stuff like that. And uh, I'm looking at my friend Roger here who works on cars a little bit. He's going, I've been there. I understand this scenario. I've seen this happen. Maybe something different in your life, whatever it might be, that, that you had some expertise in something and you, you actually wanted to help them out and you knew, and if they would have listened to you, if they would have followed the steps, or are you ready? Ready for the word? If they would have obeyed what you told them, well, then they would have gone through the scenario and they would have fixed their car and the results would have been what was the results in your life and what you experienced but they heard but they didn't do and this is how this is in our spiritual i wonder i wonder if well i wonder if god ever feels this way about us i wonder if if jesus ever felt this way with with people or with his disciples and uh you know right now some of you are smiling at me because i'm setting you up because i know exactly jesus did You know why I know? Look at verse number 46 of our text. Jesus said these words. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Why do you call me Lord? Jesus is still preaching this message. He's coming down to the end of the message. He's laid all this stuff out, and he looks at his audience. He looks at his disciples. He looks at who's there. 
Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you? Now, unfortunately, I think in in Christian circles, we kind of lose the meaning of what the term Lord means means here we think of it as a you know a term for for the lord we, th- we we use it that way pray to the lord the lord stuff like that um it's a term for jesus it's a term for god and, and stuff like that but literally the greek word here translated is master master why do you call me master master and not do what I tell you. You see, the reality is that when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we make Him Lord, we make Him Master of our life. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, you, you know this verse because we use it when we share the gospel message with people. And the Bible says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is what? Is Lord. You see, when we come and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're not just saying, Jesus, can you be added to my life and just make things better? Can you, can you give me the ticket to heaven so that I know when I die I go to heaven? No. What we are truly confessing and what we should be truly confessing, and, and this should uh, be, bear out in our lives, that we're saying, Jesus, you are the only way, not only to heaven, but you're the only way to live on this earth. You're the master. You are, you, are, you are the one. And so Jesus makes the statement here. And he says, why do you call me master? And you don't listen. Paul actually gives a, a different term here to give us an idea of, of Jesus being master. Talking about us now, he says that we are bondservants. The word bondservants, we would know it better as slave. What rights does a slave have? It doesn't have uh, a slave doesn't have any rights because of the fact that they're surrendered to their master. They do what they what they are told, and that's the the picture that has been given here. Is that if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, as a follower of Jesus, we have put aside our wants, our desires for His wants and His desires. You are master. I will follow you. Now, when we think about that, we have a very negative connotation to it in our thinking, and rightfully so from our history. But when we are followers of Jesus, we are to obey Jesus as if we were slaves, but Jesus doesn't do this to lord over us. I mean, he would have had a right to do that, doesn't he? He's God. He would have had a right to lord it over us and say, listen, you're going to submit, you're going to do what I want you to do, I'm going to force you to do what you need to do, and whether you like it or not, you're going to do it, and Jesus doesn't do that. Our Heavenly Father doesn't do that but he says listen if you're gonna call me master then why don't you obey what I say you need to obey what I say why because I know I know what is coming ahead and I know what is best for you you see he's not master just because he wants to lord over us he's master because he absolutely loves us and what he's saying as master I know what the future holds and I know how to bring you through this world and I know what is absolutely best for you if you listen to me if you would simply listen to me if you would simply obey what I say the outcome will be positive for you. 
He doesn't master or lord over us because he gets a kick out of it. He masters and lords over us and tells us to follow him because it's the best thing for us as our heavenly father, God our father, as Jesus our, our brother, if you'll let me use that terminology, wants the absolute best for us. And so when we obey, listen now, when we obey what God has for us, when we obey the principles, when we obey what Jesus has said, when we obey the word because Jesus is the word, the outcome is positive for us. Now, it's not always easy. I'm not saying that we're not going to have opposition. You know you walk with the Lord. You do what the Lord wants. Sometimes this world comes against you. Sometimes the circumstances aren't easy, but the end result is always positive when you obey the Lord. But when you don't, Especially as a follower of Christ, the outcome is disastrous. The outcome is disastrous. And Jesus says, let me explain this to you. Let me give you two word pictures here to give you a picture of what I'm talking about. In verse number 47, he says this, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words, and if you have your Bible up, I don't know if you underline in your Bible, but if you would underline these two words, and does them, hears my words, and does them. Now, I have said that many, many, many times to you uh, as your pastor. And I've, I've said that, that actually just hearing the words of God is, is worthless, right? Haven't I, haven't I said that to you? And now I've got to confess because I thought it made me sound smart, but it wasn't me, it was Jesus. <laughs> right? Jesus is the one who says this. I'm not giving you anything that, that, that is of my knowledge. This is Jesus. Jesus says, listen, hearing the words is worthless, and we're going to see that here in a moment. But he who hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built, everyone who is a hearer and a doer, sets the foundation, sets their life on the rock. The rock is Jesus. The rock is Jesus. Our life is set on Jesus. We are, he is our foundation. We are to uh, put, build our foundation upon Him. And then what does Jesus say when we build our foundation upon Him, when we obey what He tells us to do, when we live out the principles of the Word of God, when the storms of life come, not if they come, but when they come. We know that uh, the storms of life, as a matter of fact, who wants right now to change their calendar to 2021? Right? Can we just do New Year's tonight and be done with it and, and move forward? Because 2020 has been a storm after a storm after a storm after a storm. And I want to be very honest with you. If I, if I rely upon my feelings, if I re rely upon what I see, if I rely upon where I am, it eats me alive. I struggle with this. When I look out and... and Every conversation on the coronavirus ends with these words, I don't know. We look out and we see the, what we thought was peaceful protesting, or we don't know what peaceful protesting is, or this is what we, we, we got all of these struggles going on, and we're trying to navigate through all of this. As leaders of the church, we're trying to make the right decisions on, on what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And I'm telling you, it's overwhelming. 
And when I am just thinking about it and, and, and dealing with it, and, and, and you know, I, I get a call yesterday that, that Pastor Dave has to quarantine and the, what that means for us and running things uh, here today and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, wow, I, just, I can't handle it. And then I have to remind myself, my foundation isn't politics. My foundation isn't viruses. My foundation is the rock, Jesus Christ. And I'm built upon Him that when the storms of life come, I am literally unshakable because my foundation is Jesus. Look what He says here. He says the storm comes. He says the rain comes. The waters go up. The floods come up. The floods are not just any, any normal floods, but the stream itself breaks out. The dam breaks open and the waters come pouring down and they come and they hit the house that's on the foundation and it stands it doesn't even shake. It doesn't even move. It says, listen, could not shake. Didn't even shake. Didn't even rattle a little bit. The windows didn't even quiver. It stood firm. Why? Because it was on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is telling us that when we walk through life, taking the principles that he has given to us, applying the word of God in our lives, even when it doesn't make sense in our lives, when we walk through that, we stand firm. On that foundation. But if we don't, if we simply hear and we simply listen and we don't apply, verse 49, but the one who hears, and if you underline in your Bible, underline does not do them. You see, he heard. He heard. He knows. He knows what the Bible says. He knows what the right things are to do. He knows the truth. He just doesn't do them. He doesn't apply them to their lives. To hear the Word of God, to know the Word of God, to memorize the Word of God, but never live it in your life is worthless, Jesus says. It, is, it will not do anything for you. So he that hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground. Maybe some translations say sand. Without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, look at now, what does it say? Immediately, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. The storm comes. It's not even a big storm. It's a little rain. It's a spring little, little shower that takes place. Look what it says. It says the storm comes. And when the storm comes, the waters rise and the waters come. And immediately, the house sinks. Have you ever been around someone or have you ever seen someone or have you ever experienced in your life? When you're not walking with the Lord and the little storm comes and you fly off the handle. You can't handle the littlest thing and you're going, I could handle this before. Why can't I handle it now? I moved off the rock, didn't I? I move my house off the proper foundation and any little storm that comes, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Or can I put it this way? The house was totally destroyed. Totally destroyed. Could not withstand anything. Whoever hears... And does not do. Can I, can, I, can I change that do to this? Whoever hears and does not obey. Whoever he, so obedience isn't just knowing. Obedience is doing. 
Whoever hears, whoever knows, whoever even has memorized, but does not obey the word of Jesus is worthless. And they will be destroyed by every storm that comes their way. Living without Jesus in the world that we're living in today is disastrous. Now you can live without Jesus without ever having accepted Him as Lord and Savior, and that's your pattern of life. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to crumble with every storm. But believers, if we don't stay secure on the rock, I'm not talking about losing salvation, but we can walk away from the Lord. We can look at our circumstances. We can worry. We can let the things of the world take precedence over everything else. We can stress and not trust in the Word of God, where the Word of God tells us, if, if, not, if nothing else, God's got it all under control, right? I've read to the back of the book, we win, no matter what happens, God is the winner. God is victorious. COVID-19 didn't show up in 2020 and God go, oh my goodness, what in the world? Never happened. As a matter of fact, before the foundation of the world, God said in 2020, COVID's going to hit. And I've already got it under control. Do you realize that? Think about that for a moment. How amazing that is. The sovereignty of our God. I can tell you I'm the first one that is easiestly moved off the foundation, but I always have to tell myself, and listen, if you walk away from the foundation, you can always come back. You can always come back. You can always be firm on that. So as followers of Jesus, listen very carefully, as followers of Jesus, these things you should know, and you should know them beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that Jesus knows everything. And his intentions for you are always positive. So the question that Jesus comes back to again that kind of makes us go, ouch, is then why don't we listen? And we have to say, because of sin, because of self, but we always can say, God, forgive me and bring me back. And we can stay on that firm foundation you see, I believe this question that Jesus is asking kind of brings us back to the very beginning and, and really gives us the foundation for all of this. And he tells us this very plainly. He says, the successful follower of Jesus is one who has the right heart attitude, completely trusting God, desiring the spiritual things of God, being heartbroken over sin and enduring hatred for God's sake, has the core value of this love of God, makes right determinations bears the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and always obeys the commands of the Lord. And that person is a successful follower of Jesus. Jesus has set us up for success. And he says when we do these things, when we continually... Now listen, we're not going to do them perfect in this body of flesh, but listen, here's the key. When you keep coming back to these things, when you keep coming back to these areas, where you keep growing in these areas, success is not the fact that you never fall down. Success is the fact that you get up again. Do you understand that? Success is the fact that we come back again. And when we are obedient... To the things of God, we will have success. Years ago, a farmer owned land along the Atlantic seacoast. 
He consistently advertised for hired hands, but most people were reluctant to work because they knew the storms that would come off of the Atlantic Sea, how dreadful they were, and and how they would rage and destroy buildings and crops. And so this farmer interviewed several people for the job and received many refusals until one day a short, thin man, well past middle age, approached the farmer. And the farmer was beside himself. He, he needed someone to work, and he just asked this simple question in the interview. It was one question interview. He goes, um, are you a good farmhand? He needed anybody. He was like, are you a good farmhand? Please say yes. Well, the farmhand just basically answered. He said, well, I can sleep when the wind blows. Puzzled by the answer and desperate for someone to work, the, the farmer finally said, well, you're hired. Come on. That's fine. Whatever that means. And the man was a very good worker. He worked from dawn to dusk, did a very good job, and the man was satisfied with his work. And then one night while he was sleeping, he heard the winds howling off of the Atlantic Ocean. He knew what that meant. The storm was coming. And so he got up in the middle of the night. He ran over to where the, uh, the farmhand was sleeping in his quarters over there, and he woke him up in the middle of the said, we got to get up. The storm's coming. We've got to get out. We've got to go tie everything down so it doesn't blow away. And the farmhand just kind of laid in bed and he rolled over away from the farmer and said, No, sir. He said, I told you, I can sleep when the wind blows. Well, the farmer was infuriated. If he had the time, he would have fired him right then and there, but the storm was coming. So he ran outside of the building and he ran to where uh, all the hay was in the farm and he realized that the haystacks had already been covered with tarps. The cows were in the barn, the chickens were in the coops, the doors were barred, the shutters were tightly secured, everything was tied down and nothing could blow away. And finally, the farmer understood what the hired man meant when he said he could sleep when the wind blows. And so he returned to bed and he went to sleep while the wind blew. Can you sleep when the wind blows, when the storms of life come? When you live in obedience to Jesus, you will experience great success in your life as his follower. And when the storms of life come, you will weather them victoriously. You want to be successful as a follower of Jesus? Then let me leave you with this last statement. Obedience to Jesus always brings success. Obedience to Jesus always brings success. Would you stand with me in God's house today? Most gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you that you are our master I thank you that you are our master in the sense that you want to lead us. You ask us to obey us because what you have for us is better than anything we could ever plan or imagine on our own. And when the storms of life come, you want to hold us up and carry us through. And I thank you for that truth, especially in the days that we are living in today. 
Father, thank you so much for this message. Lord Jesus, thank you for the message that you preached to your disciples and your apostles then and to your disciples now. And let us heed your words to be successful followers of you in all that is said and done. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Lord bless you. Have a wonderful week.